Welcome to today's episode of Food Safety University. And today we are continuing our money mindset for food business CEOs, doing the money thing. And we are talking about paying for people. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you. Every week we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited that everybody is here and loving this money mindset course that I, I guess the podcast course that I'm doing this summer. I've had so much fun working with people on this and we are doing good and interesting things. So we have covered an awful lot of stuff. We've, we've, We've covered, you know, the six-step process in doing the money thing, right? And we introduced money mindset. We talked about putting together your team and what problem you're solving. And then we looked at for whom are you solving it um, when we looked at money management. And now we've spent the past couple of weeks talking about doing the money thing. Thing, okay, and we've talked about paying for money and paying for stuff. And this week we're talking about paying for people because even in the most automated shop, somebody's got to run the equipment. <laughs> Alrighty, and so today when we look at paying for people, we're looking at it from the perspective of not only the six step process that I talk about, but from the strive perspective because that's where I find most of the hiccups occur is in the S and the T of strive, okay? So safety and training. And part of your, you know, compensation package for your people includes feeling safe at work and getting trained at work, okay? Then the rest of the strive paradigm, um, if you have those squared away, being able to, um, then then being able to create safety and training at work is kind of a no brainer. So that's how we're gonna approach today's thinking. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I want you to go back in the podcast and look at where I've talked about Strive. I've talked about Strive this summer. Uh, and if this intrigues you, I want you to join Food Safety University because you can get coaching on this, direct coaching from me. I do it every other week. And we uh, uh, we work on these exact sorts of questions, okay? Uh, and when I get to training, you'll hear what my training offerings are in Food Safety University, which I've talked about, and you could uh, you can go back in um, and and listen and like listen to. But the thing is, is that honestly, I put all of this stuff together because it is people who create our 
systems. It's people who create uh, the the products and the pro- and who execute the processes. And they're the you know I talk a lot about cornerstones, but when you look at your company. Paying for people is one of the things that you've really got to get your brain wrapped around, which is why I'm doing this at the end of the summer, because for a lot of people, it's a lot easier to think about paying for stuff um, and even and 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 even paying for money. So I'm recording this after this big old grant uh, was due last night, the MPERG grant, for those of you who are familiar with it. And I did a webinar this past weekend. And then I had a whole bunch of follow-up questions about, hey, what can I get the USDA to uh, pay for? Can I get a slicer? Can I get a freezer? Can I get all this different sort of stuff? Um, And when we were writing the grant and put, giving input into the grant, one of the things that was very clear from the USDA is, is, they, is they know that they can't spend all of the money on making sure people have enough stuff, okay? Because unless you have the systems and the people in place, there's no amount of stuff that is going to overcome the barriers you have in business. And the USDA knows this. And this is why I focus so hard, not only on the technical assistance, right? And writing HACCP plans and SOPs, but helping you guys focus on the people who are executing them and making sure they feel safe and trained at work. Um, And that's part of your investment in your people. You've got to pay for your people. Okay, and so if we look at the Strive paradigm, And we look at the first question about safety. The S in STRIVE stands for safety. And my first question is, are people physically safe in your plant? I have been in more than one plant where people are not physically safe there. Okay? Part of paying for your people is making sure that people are physically safe to go to work where you work. They're physically safe to be able to do the slaughter. They're physically safe to be able to run the slicers. They're physically safe to you know, get into confined spaces and clean. If you do not have physical safety for your people at your environment, there's almost nothing you can pay them to make it an okay place to work. And these sorts of scenarios have been repeated time after time after time, okay? And so I urge you to take a dispassionate look at your plant and ask if people are physically safe. So the next is the thing we talk about, about financially safe. Are people financially safe in your plant? And what does that mean? Not going to lie. It means are people paid enough that they don't have to have another job that's distracting from the job you are paying them to do? I mean, I have known plenty of people who um, come do second shift sanitation, uh, right? Or leave their third shift sanitation to go work first shift somewhere else. Those folks are exhausted, Okay, not that they can't do the work, but I promise you they cannot do the work forever. 
The average lifespan of somebody in a food manufacturing job is like three to five years. Okay, look around the people who you're working with and look at the people who have been there for five years and look at the characteristics of the people who are, um, who are doing those jobs successfully for five years. Ask yourself what's working there, what's not working, and what are you gonna be able to do differently to get more people to that five-year mark, okay? Because of course, you know, when we start talking about uh, doing the money thing and paying for people, uh, turnover is one of the most expensive things that you pay for, um, okay? And so then your turnover, not only is it related to our people feeling financially safe at work, um, it's related to our people feeling emotionally safe at work, um, right? We have come through um, a, we're, well, I wouldn't even say we come through, right? We are in the next wave as I, uh, as I record this uh, of our coronavirus outbreak. So the Delta variant is coming on strong. We are remasking in, indoors, even if you're vaccinated here in, Hawaii, in uh, uh, Ohio, because um, vaccinated people care high, carry higher viral loads um, and can transmit more easily to unvaccinated people. Uh, there are lots of people with lots of different opinions about that. And I will tell you, you are not creating a safe environment unless you are masking indoors at work. Most of you probably know this. I also highly recommend vaccine mandates. I'm not gonna lie, if, especially if you're self-insured. <laughs> vaccine mandates, because there is going to, you know, uh, when, we t when we talk about vaccine refusal, I tell you what, the insurance companies are gonna decide. And if they find out you're a vaccine refuser uh, or you are allowing vaccine refusal in your workplace, the likelihood that you will survive a workman's, workman's comp claim because somebody, um, uh, if somebody gets sick at your job is, next to non-existent is my guess, okay? So do people feel emotionally safe at work? Are they able to be who the universe is calling them to be? So, you know, outside my window here at my office at home, I have a flag and it's a Black Lives Matter flag and a pride flag all wrapped into one and it has the word peace on it. I live in pretty ruby red Ohio and flying that flag is a signal that it is my right to feel comfortable in my neighborhood and in my home and and my home basically is my place of my, my place of business one of my places of business I work at a farm too and people like have the right to be who they are at work Okay, and I know we've had lots of different um, lawsuits about whether or not you as a food business can refuse service um, to people who you politically disagree with. Um, I know that political tensions in America are running as high as they ever have. And I know that people are venting their spleen and their frustration. And if you know me on Facebook, I'm probably not the exception to that, <laughs> right? But when it looks at a work environment, are people safe to be who they are, okay? And being safe to be who they are means that everybody gets an equal opportunity to be who they are. There's not one dominant set of thinking 
that says it's my way or the highway. And we don't even have to talk about that along racial or gender or sexual identity lines. We can talk about that along the lines of, um, of the R in Strive, which is respect. R is everybody respected at work and understood to have to be able to create a meaningful contribution. You know, or does the person who um, is doing production sanitation, which a lot of people, you know, kind of that's a that's an entry level job in most places. And if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that that's I don't think that's a great entry level job for people. I think that's a promotion job for people. Um, But are are people able to work in all different sorts of capacities and all different sorts of um, jobs and not be um, not be castigated, not be made fun of for who they are. You know, um, there are lots of there's a whole spectrum of people in the world and, and how they think and how they act. And there are a lot of people who go into jobs like mine, QA jobs, where we're an expert, where we have a mile deep expertise in something right? And we're a little quirky and weird. And we say things at the wrong time. And we say things that other people won't say. Are people like me, neurodiverse individuals, are they able to survive and thrive in your environment? Because I have to tell you, getting the people that will help your company grow is a matter of creating a facility that respects people for who they are and allows people to be um, emotionally safe. And so what that means is, is that you don't have a Me Too problem. Sexual harassment is dealt with. You don't have a racial harassment problem, right? There's not, I mean, there's, 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 there's open and culturally competent communication going on in your plant. All of that is incredibly important to creating a sense of safety. Do you have that at your plant? I want you to, you know, because if you don't, there's no amount of money that you can pay to get people to work there for any length of time, (laughs) okay? And so when we ask about, you know, paying for paying for people and how are we going to recruit great people and how are we going to, you know, create a business where 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 we have a great mindset where people want to work. Um, there are some table stakes that are out there that we've just got to talk about. And that is part of your money mindset. OK, so then the next thing is, is expectations of people at work. This comes down to some very basic questions. Do you have job descriptions? Okay, like I don't mean to be, you know, like pedantic about this, but so many places that I work with have no job descriptions. That's why I included in the in the plant manager training. And if you do have job descriptions, do they actually reflect what somebody is going to do? Okay, do your job descriptions list the salary? All right, salary commensurate with experience. Uh, translates in this day and age to, I will pay you as little as I can get away with. Okay. The other thing is, is are you requiring a master's degree? I see this all the time. Are you requiring a master's degree and 40 hours worth of work and are paying $40,000 a year, right? 
people that's that's not gonna fly <laughs> okay you've got to pay people um you, you've got to you've got to um pay people a living wage so you can always look up what a living wage is in your uh area and then there is a whole money mindset conversation that will come about if you are um, once you start looking at what paying a living wage means in your area and so when we look at expectations, what are we expecting of people in the job that they have? Are you expecting people to do the job of three people in one eight-hour shift? Because that sure happens. Um, are you expecting people to give of their time, talent, and treasure um, and then give them no stake in the outcome? That also happens. <laughs> Are you expecting people to buy into your mission and mission, mission and vision and values um, when you haven't bought into their life's mission and vision and values? Have you ever even asked them? Uh, what they value and who they are as they come to work? These are all incredibly important questions to ask. And then finally, when we talk about paying for people, part of paying for people is paying for training. So when we look at the grant that I was talking about at the top of the podcast that came out, and this is just one of many that's going to come out, there's another half a billion dollars that the USDA is going to invest in meat and poultry infrastructure alone. Uh, um, and because of what happened during coronavirus. And what people wanted to do is, is they wanted to look at that $200,000 grant and buy, you know, uh, and, and buy $200,000 worth of equipment. And I totally get it. I totally get it. But what the USDA was looking for in that grant and what they will be looking for is paying for people to put the processes in so your equipment works. And that is a non-trivial percentage of what you are looking at in, in, your, in your budgeting, right? And so if you are... Um, if you are looking at creating a small meat processing plant, okay, you're just going to do value-added processing unless you just do brick and mortar, okay? And you're going to say it's, it's like when all is said and done, okay, your, your budget for this is $2 million. I promise you that does not mean you can spend $2 million on floors, walls, ceilings, and equipment, okay? Because in your budget in the first year, I would budget of that $2 million, like 20% for technical assistance, architects, food safety people like me, um, refrigeration people, and then, uh, plant, and, then, and then some of your plant managers, like a fraction of your plant manager's time. Um, and, and you're gonna spend all of that before you even earn a dollar. Before there's a dollar in revenue, you've gotta spend operating capital uh, in order to get people. So we talked about that earlier in the summer in other podcasts, right? And so when we look at training, what's your training budget? When you buy a $10,000 piece of equipment, is your budget $10,000? Or does your budget include paying for people and their time to install it, paying for people to learn how to use it, paying for people to incorporate your new piece of equipment into your food safety plan, because that's incredibly important. And that adds 20 to 30% 
to that line item. So instead of that budget for that piece of equipment being $10,000, now we're looking at, um, you know, if we say it's 20%, we're looking at $12,000 um, to $13,000. And that makes a real big difference in a plant who has, you know, who, who has, I don't know, $150,000, $200,000 a year in operating capital, that makes a big difference. Uh, that makes a big difference because that's, you know, and it's not like you pay it out over in, in one, I mean, some of them, I guess you might pay it out in one fell swoop, but most of it, you, you put it, you put it out. But the, it's, it's important to know that in paying for people, it means paying for their time to do things correctly. Okay. And sometimes we forget about that in our urge and rush to get product out the door to pay for the piece of equipment. We fail to invest in paying the people to figure that new piece of equipment out. Um, what does it look like as you go into budgeting um, for even just the next quarter? What does it look like for you to create that as a as a, like uh, as as a reality that you are not only going to budget for budget for stuff like we talked about last week but you're going to budget for the people to be able to run the stuff all right that's what we got for the podcast this week i hope you're having a beautiful end of the summer have a week full of awesome and we'll see you here next week bye-bye Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.